0: As we come out of the pandemic, TM Forum says the telecom industry is emerging with a restored sense of purpose. Indeed, one of the few beneficiaries of the pandemic in 2020 was the telecom sector which received much-needed boosts as public and private sector organizations shift to remote work and move business applications to the cloud. With customer experience the continuing battleground for telecom operators, what are the data-driven use cases for operators to drive sustainable, profitable business? In this podcast for Future CIO, we speak to Ms. Yessi Yosetia, Director and Chief Information Digital Officer at Excel Axiata and Phil Scanlon, Vice President of Sales Engineering Asia-Pacific, Japan, and the Middle East for CELUS, on the topic of Optimizing Digital Touchpoints for Greater Customer Satisfaction. Yessi, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO.
1: Glad to be here, Ellen.
0: And goes without saying, Phil, thank you as well for joining us today. Jesse, we start off with you. What is customer experience as defined by Excel-Axiada?
1: When we set our transformation agenda, we are saying that you would like to be the first converged operator in Indonesia that is looking at digital and have the highest NPS. Now, NPS, Net Promoter Score, cannot be achieved without a very good understanding of customer experience. And when we talk about customer experience, means that the whole journey of the customer, starting from knowing us and then onboarding them throughout the journey of using our service and also the recurring so we are looking at the whole journey of customer end-to-end Ellen
0: now, Phil, is this expectations or goals set up by Axel similar to other telecoms operators in the region? I mean, we're seeing a very large investment in, pace
2: moving towards greater levels of the digitization. To be able to measure your experience, to be able to measure you know, your interaction with your customers, you need to digitize pretty much everything. So you, know, you need to know these things in real time. And that move towards real time is driving refreshing investment into event-driven systems, uh, but also bearing in mind knowing that you have to also, you know, leverage what's already there as well. So all of this creates more data, but we're certainly seeing volumes and, and yeah, it's very easy to see everyone's talking about the volume, a variety of their data is increasing, wanting to do things within real time.
0: Now, yes, if I go back to you, how has COVID-19 impacted the ability of your organization to achieve your stated goals around customer experience?
1: So I think our uh, CEO said that, okay, never waste a good crisis. So actually, this, uh, Alan, really propels us to go and accelerate our all digital agenda, hence the title. And we're looking at not only from the customer experience perspective, but also internal process as well. But let us like zooming in on the customer experience, right? So what changed, fundamentally changed? I think in Indonesia, as you see, right, still predominantly of our business is still relying on face-to-face interaction. With the crisis, with COVID-19, what happened is that a big shift in customer behavior in terms of fear of meeting out, in terms of lockdown, in terms of so limited mobility acquired them to find another channel. And this is where digital plays a big role.
0: In, in terms of that Phil, I mean, this move towards uh, remote work and engaging digitally more so than the traditional face-to-face. Are organizations in general, not just in Indonesia, but across Southeast Asia, are they really prepared for this type of model in terms of how we operate as a business?
2: I don't think everyone's at the same level of uh, of maturity as, as like Excel. I mean, really on the front foot of, of investing in in um, event driven technology and, and thinking. So I think this is a period where you sort of see it really highlights the difference between those that are you know driving new capabilities, new agenda, and those that are kind of stuck with some, some legacy. But we've really seen you know it's if I look at you know the interest in event driven five years ago, it was really it was telcos, it was banks, it was people with very you know larger investment budgets and really looking at it as a, a significant investment. Now we're sort of seeing you know, the technology become much more applicable to a much broader set. So we're seeing you know, what we wouldn't class as normally technology evangelists, people on the front, front of technology still you know, seeing this need to digitize things and you know, being able to do that now with at a much lower price point than some of the years gone past um, and with much more awareness of that type of thinking. Uh, but it really is that, that the shift to online has really changed everyone's business. So we're seeing that.
0: Yes, Jesse, Phil has already mentioned twice now the word event-driven or event-streaming. So now you've chosen an event-streaming approach. What does this event-streaming platform deliver to your business?
1: all right so I think we started off talking about the change in behavior right so from face to face and having a different engagement with the customer from face to face and digital then we need to make sure that that engagement still stay right and it's much much harder because now you won't be able to see the face I mean reading the emotions and so and so forth so for us how we are delivering that engagement is through a lot of initiatives right so for example GIMP in terms of bonus or point fulfillment, right? And those are easily create a disturbance or issue in the customer side if they see, okay, they their expectation is that, okay, after the transaction happened, bonus needs to in a very fast manner and they need to see that immediately, right? That is the reason why we need to move away from the old architecture to the new one because what a streaming or real-time will be able to give us is to preserve that engagement and make sure that we deliver the customer expectation or customer experience.
0: Now, Phil, in terms of an event streaming platform, exactly how does it deliver the experience that customers of Excel expect from the operator?
2: So in, in terms of the platform, really, you're, you're, you're sort of accepting that, you know, events are everywhere and you need to be able to capture and harness this. And so, you know, as, as Yes, mentioned, it's when people are using their mobile, it's when people are using web. So, you know, not only are we looking at just a single chain of events from a single interaction, but now this is across all different uh, interactions. Myself personally, I'll quite often, you know, whilst using an app, realize I need something from the website and I'll go onto my website of the, my provider and not you, it's very easy to see if they're not in sync. And I think that expectation that you know me in real time is there. So then in terms of platform, that really means that you need, you know, this is a very distributed environment. You've got bits of your technology maybe running in cloud providers, bits maybe running on-premise, your analytics, you know, streaming analytics and taking advantage of being able to in real time look for sentiments. Yeah, you know, that may be running in a cloud platform or it may be running somewhere else. So you've got this real, I guess, need to have information and data available in real time where it's needed, when it's needed. But when you compare that to previous thinking, you know the previous approach was I'll just move all the information where just in case that doesn't work. It doesn't scale. It's very expensive. So you need to be quite smart about being able to move information around. So you know, we see that ability of being able to do this quite dynamically to enable innovation, to enable you to decide, You know, I want to do something in a cloud environment one day, uh, but maybe try something else in a different cloud provider on-prem another day. So that's real-time distribution of information based on you know, these things being very decoupled we believe drives innovation. So, you know, that's one area. Then the second area is really is, you know, when you, almost the counter of that is when you give people a very sort of decoupled, very distributed way, it can become very chaotic. So being able to give people, you know, visibility of, you know, where's my information coming from? Where is it going to? So we've been listening to our customers around, you know, what they're doing in that space. And we coined the term event portal to be able to have a a view on, on really what those events are in in your organization, where they go. So, you know, really listening to our customers and making it. It's easier to go through that digital transformation.
0: Now, Jesse, I'm not sure whether Phil would like you to answer this question or not, but how did you manage the transition? You have an existing system and set of processes before you move to this event streaming approach. How did you manage the transition and what type of limitations were you able to solve with the new solution?
1: All right. So uh, I think Excel is known as uh, the innovative company means that for us, adopting new technology is not something that is uh, new, right? We keep on looking at how to improve ourselves. And I think the organization is built with that mindset, making sure that, okay, at the end of the day, what you would like to achieve is a better or good customer experience. Therefore, okay, so the rest will be just a technical challenge, right? I think I think as any IT projects, right, there is nothing that is as flawless as we would like it to be or as smooth, right? But uh, this is something that we need to do. I think uh, managing is just part of our uh, mindset as well.
0: Phil, writing on what uh, Yesi said, what would you advise as a best practice for helping organizations, whether they're your customers or other organizations, move from one solution that they have to something like an event streaming platform, uh, something that Solace has available? Yeah. So look, at that. I think you know, what, one of the areas I guess we
2: see is you have very vast investments in existing technology. So when you look at something like event streaming, you know, where we've seen this, this is not a throwaway. Everything you've done and replace it all overnight, you know, that's that's impossible task. So one of the approaches we see is you look at something that has a lot of value to you as an event-based interaction. And you know, in telco, it's customer interaction. It could be you know, order to cash could be provisioning and really you know, reducing those timescales. What what does event-driven? How can it? Deliver a real value to the business. And then when you have that, you look at you know, where do those events come from? And you don't try to replace the systems that generate the events. You try and harness the events that are already happening. So if you've already got digital channels, you've already got websites, mobile apps, these events can go onto the event streaming platform. So you can take a kind of a get some wins quickly by looking at you know, what the events you already have in your organization. So that's the first piece. I think the second piece for every um, organization is that you know, eventing is like Jesse mentioned. This is not just a technology challenge. This is also about culture of organisation, and mindset, and where you look at delivering projects. So if you look at, you know, th- there can be a lot of resistance to thinking about problems in event driven ways. It's different. It's not as historically not as well known. It's becoming very popular now, so it's easier to see where things fit. But don't forget about the culture and organisational change of um, you know, making sure that you know it's a higher risk, higher return kind of investment. And then I think the third thing I would look at is, and, and this is where you know, kind of when we we look at where we're placing existing technologies is it's great to look at what's happening today and build something that's that's going to deliver value quickly but this can be and inventing is can be a long-term you know the platforms that get put in can be quite i would call sticky they can be there for a long time you can rely on this technology so you know, looking at the longer term investments and choosing companies like solace who promote open standards um because open standards give you much more portability later on so not tying yourself to you, know, you, you solve a problem with event driven technologies today but but if you need to upgrade those you need to change them later on we we're, we're helping people making sure that their investments today uh you know get return in in the longer term
0: so th- those would be my three pieces of advice now, speaking of investments yesi what are your f- future plans uh, beyond extending the benefits of my excel across your business
1: so I think we are looking at the whole range of engagement with our customer. But just, Alan, uh, backtrack a bit, right? And just mm. to add up to what Phil is saying, right? So comparing between uh, solutions, I think what is the big difference is that previously we are mixing the functions of rules and the functions of events together. And that is what hinder us or what prohibit us to actually get that streaming or real-time transaction going. But mm-hmm. now, as we see separate the layer we separate okay one layer is really for events the other lane is actually for thinking now it's cleaner I would say right so with with cleaner uh, there are a lot of benefits uh, on top of it right so means that our development cycle is faster right mm-hmm. our uh, robustness is also increased because now we can see where the problem is and fix as necessary right so with that capability then your question saying okay uh, is this is going to be used only for the current system that we are using right now, which is our application, or we would like to extend it. Of course, the capability will be then agnostic and to be applicable for the other venue, right? So one example that I can give you is, for example, campaign. We are now embed the journey of difficult campaign to customer in a real-time manner as well. And for that, that means that it requires the kind of architecture that we put similar to the the one that we are doing right now in our application so there are a lot of applicability moving forward that we can uh, use this as well and we haven't even touched uh, as I mentioned earlier right our strategy is to be the number one converged provider and we haven't even touched the journey for home broadband so you can imagine as well right so probably then the trigger is going to come from TV the trigger will come from you know uh, I mean the other events that our customer generated and we can Basically, intervene and propose or offer more relevant things to our customer, or even giving the right notifications, and make sure that they are really handhold in their journey uh, using our service
0: very nice foresight. As we come down to the end of our this pod chat, I wanted to ask both of you the one advice that you would offer. So Phil, your advice, I mean, having learned this benefits of providing real-time data using an event-driven platform or architecture, what sort of advice can you give to other executives similar to Yessi's position in trying to, uh, can I say, re-architect their strategy so that it does fulfill the need for real-time customer experience? Something that I hear a lot from uh, both Telco, and banks, while at the same time making sure that they don't do this massive disruptive destruction of their infrastructure just to be able to accommodate this. And Yessi, I'm going to ask you whether that is something that you would also advise to other people, other CIOs, other CDOs as well. So let's start first with Phil.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think Yessi kind of, I, I guess gave the game away for, for me in terms of you know separating out the layers. One of the real advantages I think personally about event driven thinking is that you don't necessarily know what all your events are when you embark on this journey. And that's okay because we're building for the future. We're building for the you know the way that people should be thinking about interactions and customer services. So trying to capture everything up front and, and like Ibuyesi said, putting that all in one layer and, and plugging it all together didn't make sense. So we've been helping people with our layer. You know, we, we believe we're the best in our layer. It it really is uh, especially around innovation, it really is around best of breed. So, so I think that's important. So, I think thinking through that, that, the more I see of where we're, you know, helping people with advice, that whole kind of having this best of breed approach. Um, you know, when I look at, say, for example, the brain part, the thinking, I could probably count on two hands the number of different technologies that we've seen different companies use over the past couple of years. If you look at the AI engines from Google, from Microsoft, and from Amazon, they're always competing, they're always improving. Maybe you need to be able to thinking about using those, and maybe we don't know what the next one's going to be. So, being able to take that piece, and you've got all these events, you've captured them in your infrastructure, being able to take those and feed them through this new brain, or feed them through both brains and see which brain's better. Having that agility being decoupled is really where I see where people need to go. And essentially, the piece that we're really doing is that infrastructure that goes across the whole organization, which just event enables uh, the organization.
0: Yes, going from a traditional model of doing things for customer experience, right? You had that before and you move over to this event-driven architecture. It's a totally different way of thinking, right? I mean, how do you convince yourself and your executives and your team to go ahead and take this, that it is the right approach for the organization, that these are all the deliverables that your benefit and that you really will, as a business, it really will help you push your digital transformation
1: initiative. Yeah, So it starts from the top, right, Alan? I'm a member from the top as well. so <laughs> I think it all starts with the strategy. I mean, if the strategy is saying, okay, we need to go and make sure that we deliver customer centricity, then I truly believe the CIO job is basically to be an enabler. And a part of our job being an enabler, then we need to do our homework as well. So before we choose or pick which technology that we would like to deploy, obviously, uh, Alan we also need to uh, make sure and understand And at the end of the day, take that step of calculated risk and just go for it. And I think, uh, yeah, probably, as you mentioned earlier, I'm probably a different breed. (laughs) Uh, uh, Excel has always tried things first, right? And we know, uh, we kind of understand, right? Okay, where is the the pitfall and so on and so forth. But without us trying, we will never know. But uh, I think to stress out, right? So for a company like Telco or banking, which is close to consumer, it's probably easier to just show, okay, if the aim is actually go toward customer experience, so things that is real-time really creates the engagement. But what if uh, you are running in the industry that is not really consumer-driven? I would still say it's actually the same because the need of real-time is not only to our external customer, but also to our internal customer. Because as I'm going through this journey, I'm also looking at the internal processes as well. And boy, I think a lot of things can actually be improved just to enable that real time flow of uh, data uh, within the company. That means that decision can be made faster and we can be more efficient and so on and so forth. So I think, I mean, to all the CIO uh, out there, I mean, there is no stopping in and always look uh, into uh, new technology and, and see how uh, we'll make the best use of them.
0: Phil, what's that one advice that you'd offer to other organizations? How do they transition themselves from a could be a traditional infrastructure way, uh, an architecture or even a mindset to something that is more event driven, thinking real time and being able to respond to that?
2: No, um, I, th- I think, again, Yossi kind of highlighted it, the ability to, or the, the need to constantly educate yourself, not just rely on what, uh, you know, there's a lot of, especially around newer technologies, there can be a lot of FUD in the market, there can be companies that claim they can do you know, everything for you. Really, it's, you know, take the time to understand, you know, what do the technologies do, who's doing what with those technologies, how, it, you know, what benefits they're getting, you know, to- talk to other people.
0: Yesi and Phil, thank you both for joining us on podcasts for Future CIO. Thanks for having us, Alan.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Ellen.
0: That was Ms. Yesi Yosetia, Director and Chief Information Digital Officer at Excel Axiata, and Phil Scanlon, Vice President of Sales Engineering, Asia-Pacific, Japan, and the Middle East for Solus, sharing with us their thoughts and experiences around optimizing digital touchpoints for greater customer satisfaction. You are listening into Podcasts for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Bye for now.